0: Now, this all hit me before, you know, I really realized because we don't know the land too much yet where we are learning it. But then the reminder of you guys are here in Rich Hill, right? Is this right? Is that where we are right now? Yeah. Which is kind of a cool. And I was like, okay, Jesus, maybe this is you uh, because we're talking about being a light to the world, right? A city on a hill that cannot be hidden, nor does anyone light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lamp stand, and it gives light to all of those that are in the house. So let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works. I believe, and the Lord has already done it, and we've heard even stories about the, the legacy, the past, everything with the drop in. Um, there's a lot of good works that you guys have been doing. There's a lot of good ways that as we've listened to uh, Neil, and Neville, and David, and others share about ways you guys are reaching out into the community and loving it so, so well. And it's beautiful. And the Lord's saying, I want you to continue to love people well. So as I sat in this verse, I was like, but, but Lord, what are, you, what are you saying then? What, what, what's the word that you have? What's the word of encouragement for Grace Community Church here in Rich Hill? And he started to focus on the lampstand. If you want to look back at it again one more time, he said, um, you know, you don't take a light, uh, light a lamp and put it under a basket, but you put it on a lamp stand and it gives light to all of those who are in the house. Turn to Revelation chapter two. It's kind of funny because this is a very similar word to when I was with some relatives of this house uh, down in Cavan. Um, It was a very similar word similar word that the Lord gave me for that too. So this is it. So what is a lampstand? Biblically speaking, when we look at what lampstands are, they have a picture and this idea that yes, they are the place where the light sits, but it's a symbol of influence. A lampstand is a symbol of influence because again, thinking through it, if we had a lampstand standing here right now, or just like this light stand, as the light is lifted up, then people can see it. And people can be drawn to it, right? And so I I feel like in a way, yes, that your good works and your good deeds that God wants to be shown throughout this community, and I dare say across the nations of the world, which it already has, but it's about to increase, is that he wants to focus on a different kind of work. And it's a work that you already have, but it's it's a beautiful work that sometimes we forget. Because I believe this work that we're about to talk about, if we burn. If we burn with a passion and a love for this kind of work to be seen among men, then it will ignite the things and the practical things that we do to a whole nother level, okay? So this is what I want to do. If you've you've turned to your Bible, we're going to look at Revelation chapter 2, and we're going to start connecting the dots here. This is a beautiful picture here. It's a picture of Jesus. If you've read that before in Revelation chapter one, the apostle John, who interestingly wrote a first John, right? Who, if, if you've read your Bible at all, you would know first John focuses a lot on loving God. Okay. And about just loving him for who he is. And uh, he says things like, if you love God, then you'll obey his commandments. And if you love God, it will be seen by the way in which you love other people, right? So this is the Apostle John, also the one who it was said that he was the one who loved, the one who loved Jesus the one who, if you've ever seen a picture of, the, the, um, uh, of Jesus having the Last Supper with the disciples, this famous picture, right, that a lot of people have on their walls. He's the one, John, with his head on the breast of Jesus. This one that knew about what intimacy with Jesus was all about. This one that had one focus above and beyond everything else in life, and it was to love Jesus with all of his heart, with all of his soul, with all of his mind, and with all of his strength. And because of that, he found himself exiled because his light was shining in such a way that the, the powers that be that were around was said, we, we've got to snuff this light out. And so they threw him on this island of Patmos to try to get rid of him. But how many of you know that if you have a light burning inside of you for Jesus, no man can put that out? No weapon, no, nothing from the enemy, no weapon formed against you will prosper when you are burning with a passion for Jesus. No man, no system, no government, nothing. No, no, not the greatest scheme of the evil one can snuff that out. So this is John trying to be snuffed out. But Jesus goes, actually, I'm going to increase now your influences to the churches. And so he gets this vision of Jesus how many want visions of Jesus? Yes, yes. Some of you maybe had them. Come lay hands on me when we're done because I want more vision of Jesus, right? Because um, I don't want to just know about him. I don't want to just know about him. I've known about him since I was nine years old, right? But probably it wasn't until the last 11 years or so that I've actually began to know him, right? Right? and to love him with my whole being. And I'm still growing in that. Okay, so let's get to John. So he has this vision of Jesus, and Jesus in his right hand is holding seven stars, and his left hand he's holding something else. I just forgot what it was. Um, But he's walking in the midst of these lampstands. Okay, again, think of lampstands as influence or as the churches that he's about ready to talk to. And then Jesus looks at John and says, John, I have a very important word for you to share with specific churches. But as we'll see, this is for all of the churches, right? And so for the next chapter or two, we see where Jesus is giving direct words to the churches about his heart for them. So chapter two, verse one. He says this, this is to the church of Ephesus. To the angel of the church of Ephesus write, the one who holds the seven stars in his right hand, the one who walks among the seven golden lampstands says this, I know your deeds and your toil and your perseverance and that you cannot tolerate evil men. And you put to the test those who call themselves apostles and they are not and you found them to be false. And you have perseverance, and you have endured for my name's sake, and have not grown weary. But, this is Jesus, okay, but I have this against you, you have left your first love. Therefore, remember from where you have fallen, and repent, and do the deeds you did at first, or else I'm coming to you, and will remove your lampstand out of its place, unless you repent. So this is a pretty big thing, right? I mean, imagine if Jesus came right here, right now, and said, hey, this is this is the things that you're doing really good at, you know, Grace Community, but here's the thing that I want you to, if you remember this and do this and repent of this, then things will continue to soar. But I think I find it very interesting because Jesus is like, I will actually remove your lampstand. What's one of the things that he's saying? He's, he's saying, I will actually remove your influence. Now, a real quick history of the church of Ephesus is interesting because what we see is that Paul, you know, if you read the book of Acts, like Acts chapters 18, and 19, you'll see this incredible thing happen. Paul goes and he begins to, he, it says that he was one talking about the way. He's talking about the way of Jesus. And he was talking about it in the marketplace. He was talking about it in the synagogues. Everywhere he was going, he was sharing the gospel, the good news of who Jesus was and how he would change people's lives. And the story goes on that that um, in Ephesus then there was this big upheaval right? Because he was there for like two or three years, and there was such a strong community of believers that loved Jesus, and it was affecting every part of, of society, that even the economic structure was beginning to change, because people who once sold like, like idolatry, which was like a, a big um, uh, it was a big part of the market it was a big part of the economy there because they would worship this goddess Dionysus or Artemis right that that guy had become a christian and and like the, his his business was now going under but that was okay because he loved Jesus like when you follow Jesus and when you burn for Jesus all of a sudden it causes and it calls everything that you're doing into question it does, right? Because if we begin to express a love for Jesus and, and say, Jesus, actually, I do believe that you're Lord. I do believe that you're King. I do believe that everything is now yours because you've given everything to me. Then, you, then we can rightfully go, then I want to give you my whole life. But see, and that's how Jesus actually begins to change structures of society. That's how Jesus begins to change structures of the cities, the towns, the villages that we live in, the nations that we live in. It's when people like you and I, we burn for Jesus and actually put our trust in him to a level and a degree to where we don't live with one foot in the world and one foot in the kingdom, but that we are neck deep in the kingdom of God, fully surrendered, fully burning, going, God, if it means giving up my business, I, go for it. If that means calling my family to move to understanding for it, if that means you actually want me to step into something I've never done, I don't have qualifications for it, I'll do it. Because when we trust in the love of our heart, we lean not on our own understanding and we acknowledge him in all of our ways. We begin to step to a destiny just like Jesus did. And because Jesus was obedient, and because Jesus knew the love of the Father compelled him to be obedient, the whole world changed. He's always looking. He's always gazing. He the first modern ones. We're the ones who are willing to to, to marry, pour out her, her, her livelihood. The oil, the nard, the perfume, John chapter 12. She put out her livelihood. She, she, she said, Jesus, you're worth it all. Right? And, and as we're talking about, we're talking about this passion, this actual love for Jesus that actually moves us the whole realm of existence. It, it calls into question all of these things to be handled here. And the first thing that the general wants to do, he wants to put up like this religious spirit thing. It Says, oh, you know what? Just pay for it all. You just keep doing what you're doing and live off that you're doing. Grace, look at that. If you just go to church Sunday morning, you're going to be great. If you just up in your Bible and do your devotion in the morning, else is going to be fine. And this isn't the spirit of the Lord necessarily. Are right, anything's bad? No. Don't hear me saying that. Show church Sunday morning. Okay? Come worship together at all things. But listen, the spirit of religion will always try to push against intimacy and a first love with God. Always. Always. And so, so here we see again the church in Ephesus that was born and birthed, and, and the whole structure began to change, even to the the whole village rose up and created a riot because of what was going on. Really awesome. Where you go read Acts it. chapter 19. And, uh, and it was beautiful. And it said Paul left for the whole all over. And he was like, oh, these people have persecution, and they're persecution, and they're still loving Jesus and following me. They haven't given up. My job's done. I'm out. I'm going to go start another church now because I know the, where these people's hearts are. And then you read in a book like, like the book of Ephesians, where then Paul says, and he's writing a book or writing a letter back to them and you see this this really interesting thing where he's focusing on faith and love with them and he writes like in Ephesians 3:14 through 19 Paul is saying to the church in Ephesus for this reason I bow my knees before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with power through his spirit in the inner man so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith and that you being able to comprehend with all the saints listen to this so that you will be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth the length the height the depth and to know the love of Christ which surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the fullness of God so he's writing to this church and he's like guys remember where we started Like, remember all the miracles, and if you go back to the book of Acts, this church was founded on the power of God in beautiful ways. Like, it was miracles all over the place. This is where Paul, even when his handkerchief would go and the sweat off his brow, this was all in Ephesus, and it would go and heal people. So this is how the church started. But then somewhere along the way, maybe about 40 years between the times that church was started, John, who went and lived in Ephesus, most historians believe, who was the, the, the father of love, who always reminded every, the, the church about love. Read the gospel of or the book of 1 John, and you'll see that again. Probably when he was in Ephesus, he was writing to the churches in Ephesus, and he was like, remember, love God, love God, love God. This is your first call. This is your greatest deed. Love him with you, oh, his, him. Do these things he said to show for God. And he was out of faith. Jesus came to him and he had my churches. beautiful things. But tell them, tell them, that they've forgotten their first love. They forgot their first love. But I have this against you, that you have left your first love. Therefore, remember from where you have fallen and repent and do the deeds that you did at first. What are the deeds of first love? Before I go any further, I just want to say this about Ephesus. Ephesus no one really knows exactly what happened, but it was a thriving church. But within a hundred years of when that was written, the church of Ephesus existed no more. Their lampstand had been removed. Crazy. Crazy. Because they forgot. They forgot their first love. And that's no shame to them, and that's no shame to anybody in here or, or in my own life or anything. But there's something powerful in this, and as I think about the state of where where like my heart, and I think about like back at the church in the states, and there's beautiful things that God's doing, like amazing things that He's doing. But one of the things that He's planted in, in Tana's heart, in my heart, and I see it growing so much in the church as a whole is is this going. Don't forget the deeds of first love, because from that place, from an oil that is poured out, that ignites the flame, that is then put up on the lampstand, that's how your influence in the world, that's how the kingdom will go further and farther in, in ways that you never even imagined. And it may seem contrary to us. Like one of the ways that we worship God is like by doing what we did this morning right? Corporately, we come together and we sing these songs of adoration to Jesus. And sometimes it might, let's be honest, it takes us a while. It takes our head a minute to try to match our heart. It takes all the circumstances that we just experienced walking in this morning or from this past week. And it takes us a second to go, oh, but I need alignment. I need alignment to see Jesus the way that he already is, not in light of my circumstances, but in the light of eternity. Right? And so it takes us a second, but, but but like what if what if a heart and a passion began to burn inside of us to where truly when we woke up every morning, there was a thought that went through our head and said, Jesus, you are all I need, and you are, you are all I want. We see amazing examples of this in the Bible. David said in Psalm 27 verse 4, one thing I've asked from the Lord that I shall seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all of the days of my life. To what? Behold the beauty of the Lord and to meditate in his temple. The Passion Version says it this way. Here's the one thing I crave from God, the one thing I seek above all else. I want the privilege of living with him every moment in his house, finding the sweet loveliness of his face, filled with awe, delighting in his glory and grace. I want to live my life so close to him that he takes pleasure in my every prayer. Psalm 63 David again. I have seen you, God, in the sanctuary. I beheld. You hear this language? I gazed. I beheld. I behold, right? I beheld your power and your glory because your love is better than life. Did you hear that? His love is better than life itself. I don't know about you, but when I read that, I'm deeply convicted. I, I, I realize real quick that I do still have one foot in the world of a lot of things that I love and one over here in the kingdom, where if I show up on Sunday morning or Sunday afternoons or whatever nights that we gather, I'm like, yeah, it's really easy for me to enter in there. But it's a whole nother story, not in that setting. So I have to ask myself those real honest questions. God, where's, what's my heart really burning for? Because I know we're doing some good deeds. I, I know there's some really good things happening, but I hear the subtle whisper of the Lord going, yes, but would you draw away with me? Would you see me just for who I am? Would you burn for me? Would you take like the, the one that I said was a man after my own heart? Would you take his lead? Would you look at my son? And even in the midst of the beautiful works that he did and the light that he shone, Did did you see, though, that he would withdraw away to be with me? Because he knew that he needed to know what his father was saying in order to live what his father was saying. And in order to know what his father was saying, it's as easy as going to be with him. Spend time with him to behold his beauty. And to be changed from the inside out. To have a passion that begins to grow to a whole nother level. I'm convinced that most of us, myself included, have yet to even turn up the heat. You know, if you look at your cooker or whatever, and it's got the different like one, two, three, four, five, or whatever. Like I'm just barely lit. If you know what I'm saying. And it's like, but when I read this and I go, Jesus, and I and I come into places of worship, and I, I start to see his beauty and i start to see and when i sit in the word of god and when i sit in a place of prayer and i sit with other people other believers and i begin to listen to what god's doing in your life then all of a sudden what my heart begins to burn my heart begins to go that's right jesus is my life he is my love and actually this this jesus is better than any of than, than all of life so i've seen you in the sanctuary i beheld your power and your glory Because your love is better than life, my lips will glorify you. I will praise you as long as I live, and in your name I will lift up my hands. My soul will be satisfied. How many in here just need their soul to be satisfied? How many are thirsty and hungry? You're really thirsty and hungry, and you know there's more. We have a bridegroom. We have a savior. We have a king. We have a friend. We have God who says, son, daughter, don't you understand? I'm drawing near to you even right now. In this moment, like right now, this moment, all you have to do is reach out. If you ask, it'll be given. If you seek, you will find. You will find him. You will know him. On my bed, I remember you. I think of you through the watches of the night because you are my help. I sing in the shadow of your wings. My soul clings to you. Your right hand upholds me. Come on up. Um, there's a whole lot more I would love to be able to say, um, but I want to respect um, your all's time in this. My encouragement to you all is this, and I'm with you. I believe... And, and I'm a big, like I, I, like, I believe in big things from God. Like, I believe that, like, he can do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine. And I, I yearn to see all of that. Like, I yearn to be a part of it. Like, I believe that there's a huge calling and destiny on every single one of our lives. But the only way that that lampstand is lifted up for the glory of Jesus is when the oil is pure. When the love is great, Right? and when nothing else stands in the way of that love. There's a passage, I'll end with this, a little bit further on in Revelation chapter four. And it's a picture of the throne room. And it's, it's, it's a vision of what's happening right now in heaven. How many of you ever pray, God, uh, or, um, may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven? Anybody ever pray that prayer? You guys pray that prayer? <clears throat> One of the things that's happening in heaven that we're praying for on earth is this. There's creatures that the Bible describes and they're, they're wing, there's wings all over them. There's, there's eyes all over them. There's, there's elders and there's all these, these, these things, angel things, creatures, cool stuff that God has around his throne, worshiping Jesus. One of the interesting things about that is this. Some of those creatures, as it says, it says they have eyes all over their bodies. And I think this is a picture for the church if we would have eyes to see and ears to hear. He said, he said in my presence is, 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 are these creatures. And, and can you imagine? I mean, it's kind of weird and grotesque, but if you had eyes all over your body, right? But what would, I mean, you know, it'd be, it, it's like all you moms in here, it's like you all have eyes in the back of your head, right? We know all that. You, you guys have that, you, us as, as, as a... Husbands generally miss a lot, but, eras, uh, guys, anyways. But, but imagine that. You would see everything all the time. There's nothing below you that you would miss, above you, beside you, whatever. It says that in Revelation 4, it says that these creatures, with all these eyes, would catch a glimpse of Jesus and fall on their face. And they'd begin to say, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. Now listen, what happens when that creature, after being just undone by the beauty and the love of Jesus in that moment, however long that takes to get up off the ground, right? I mean, crazy encounter, all the encounters that we see in the Bible of people when they have these encounters with Jesus or an angel, they they hit the deck. I mean, they're just boom, right? And it's like, get up, it's Okay. So here's these creatures in the very presence of God. They fall down. They do that. They get back up. Can you imagine like, okay, I just got done with a great worship service. Jesus, you're holy, holy, holy Lord. Man, that was great. Man, wasn't that service awesome? That was beautiful. And you get up. Okay, all right. It's time. It's, it's. Ooh, yeah, I'm hungry. It's time to get some tea right now or that Sunday roast sounds really good about now. But not if you got eyes all over you. Because as soon as you would get up and you would just turn just an inch to begin to go home, you would catch another glimpse of his beauty and his glory. And what would happen? Boom, right back down. Holy, holy, holy. Is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. And however long then you are undone by gazing at him and seeing something different that you'd never seen before and in a perspective that you've never seen him in light of before, then after that was over and after that began to change you, you go, man, I am undone. And you get up and guess what? You take another step and you see him from another angle and another perspective and you fall right down on your face again and go, man, he is worthy of it all. I can't even get out of his presence. He's that good. Because every time I look at him, I get something new. Every time I look at him, my heart burns even more and more and more because I realize that he is better than life. And church, I just want to encourage you. If you will go there, if you will seek him, you will find your first love. Young people, as you're looking for love, and and, and that's very, very natural, but as you're looking to love, I challenge you. Be like some of the greats like, um, I just forgot his name, Hudson, the, the missionary to China. Yes, thank you. And, uh, and um, it said when he was a young man, he caught a glimpse of Jesus and it forever changed his life. It wrecked him. He was undone. Get a vision for Jesus. If you're wise in this room and you've had a few years under your belt, I challenge you. Actually, I evoke you. I give you permission and freedom to fight everything that would say, man, but I've got this to do. I've got that to do. I've got to do this. Actually, I've got some really good deeds I need to do. And Jesus is saying, actually, the deeds that I want you to do is to be in my presence, to know who I am, because I want to love you as you come and love me. And you will find that everything that you were looking for is found in me. So church, don't forget your first love. Anything may be lifted up to a whole nother level than it ever been before, because he's worthy of it and in so doing, your lampstand will be lifted and elevated even higher and your influence will begin to affect more lives in which hill, the surrounding, the communities and even in more nations of the world. Um, I just want to do this. If you want to respond however you want to respond, do that. If you feel like this word from John was just like, hey, repent and go, Jesus, I just repent. I realize I'm loving a lot of other things right now and I'm not loving you as my first love and actually I need your help into loving me well, then just do that. Because you know why? He wants to draw near to you. And part of the reason that you might be here today is just because he wanted you to hear that because he's chasing after you with everything that he has. So let me pray. So Father, we love you. I thank you for your word. I thank you for the power of your word. And I thank you how your word points us to Jesus. Jesus, we love you. And even though our love is weak often, and our love is, is, is God, I'm just being 100% honest. It's, it's fleeting a lot of times. My love is fleeting towards you a lot of times. But Lord, I just come right now, and I repent. And God, I say from the deepest part of my heart and the deepest part of our being, and I say that even as a family of God, God, that we want to love you like Mary did when she was willing to pour out everything for you, pour out her love upon you, pour out her affection on you, to wipe your feet with her hair, to be at your feet, to be that intimate with you. And God, we'll trust your promises for influence. We'll trust your promises for the light to shine. We trust your promises for all the good deeds to go forth. But Lord, we want to be found as those who have good deeds in your presence, burning with one soul passion for you. In Jesus' name.